he said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime and nobody will know you're gone. You get deployed at 17 and a half. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club and we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you get beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years. That's a very hard pill to swallow, but that's exactly how I experienced it. I was taken at 10 years old. I was taken and I was worked through se several black programs. I was privately owned in the beginning. I did six, six or seven years on earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me, uh, specifically uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. It like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform, it's USS R-Corp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12. And 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. He told me what was gonna happen. He, he said, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress you 20 years, wipe your memory, and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of Pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. It's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable. Hey guys, welcome back. A few things before we get started tonight. Uh, don't forget to grab a ticket to the Secret Space Conference, May 2nd through the 5th. You guys just watched the promo for that. Uh, that was a lot of fun putting together, going through the old episodes, uh, digging out some of that material and compiling it. Uh, I was I was getting excited making it. I really can't I really can't wait for the conference. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um, so grab a ticket, come hang out with us, secretspaceconference.info. All of the information is on the link below on the website. And just a reminder, the Hopewell Farm CBD promo code is still going through January 3rd, I believe. Yeah, January 3rd. And that gets you 15% off all CBD products with promo code Truth Christmas. And that goes through January 3rd, which is actually 15% off is a great deal because some of those products can get pretty pricey. So take advantage of that while you can. Other than that, tonight we are joined by Robert Earl White. Some of you guys may have seen him recently on 
um, Laura Eisenhower's channel with Elena Denon. And uh, so his story is he had a UFO crash in his backyard as a child. And it's an incredible testimony. If you want the full thing, you can go over there and listen to it. We're going to get into some of that tonight, but we're going to get into some other stuff like your TikTok channels and uh, how you just got kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> You're out there red pilling everybody. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Let's go, Brandon. All right. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff on TikTok. And as you mentioned, I had a UFO crash behind my house when I was four years old. And I made a documentary. And that was the first thing that brought me to the social platform. I wasn't using social media for seven years. I lived in the Middle East. I was a professional musician here in the States. I was in a metal band toured, signed, CD in stores, all that. I was the screamer. Nice. I've done a lot of things. I went to Bible college, became a pastor. I've done wow. a lot of wild stuff. So uh, I came to social media after I shared my story. There was such a outpouring of experiencers and stuff like that coming to me, sharing their experiences. I had to do more. And the time was the time. The same week that I released my documentary was when the UAP task force, the Navy, Luis Elizondo, and uh, all those guys from the ATIP released the UAP footage from the Mimit incident off of, you know, San Diego, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the timing was impeccable. Ironically, that's when I found my evidence. So I started on Facebook. I started making content. I said, I want to do this more. And more importantly, I want people to start asking questions. So I moved to TikTok. And my TikTok was doing really well. I was doing really put put together videos, but was it hitting? It took a while to figure out what makes TikTok go. So mm -hmm. I had this system and I have a really clever way of presenting really valuable information in a funny way in order to allow viewers to make their own decision. And you know, on TikTok, everyone has something to say. And 99% nine of all the comments are absolutely trash and wrong. I love it. <laughs> but the Sounds point right. is people are talking about it. When you are putting stuff in the subconscious, we have been preconditioned pre for a very long time to think a certain way. So unfortunately, I have to do the same dirty tactics the same strategies, they've made fun of this phenomenon in the public's eye. So I'm doing it, and now I'm the troll. I know these things are absolutely real, absolutely real, you know, same yeah, as you yeah. and I. No different. It's not a matter, well, do they exist? They're absolutely real. So are UFOs, and so are the military's UFOs. These things are real. It's right. happening, and that's what people need to understand. So now... I'm the one trolling and I'm making this content. I have a lot of different pages. I have order of the order of light 777. That's my main account, 134,000 of uh, followers. And I just put a little bit of everything on there. Every time I started to get more into the UFO and become more serious, my page would get banned, shut out. I've been kicked out of the creator's fund for talking about draconians, reptilians, or anything else. So I created We Are The Disclosure TikTok, my second TikTok. I created that one, Strictly News, Luis Elizondo, Steven, you know, big, big videos going over the break, breaking news, Dr. Michael Salas stuff, Elena, you know, it was big. 
that page, I posted a video of a nuclear warhead taking out a UFO, which I had the interview of the guy that you, recorded it on mean, Larry King. Did you mean a, a UFO taking out a nuclear warhead? I think you said that backwards. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a UFO taking out a nuclear warhead. It happened out in, uh, you know, Nordstrom uh, huh? out in Montana. Yeah. And I had the guy that recorded it on Larry King. They were mocking him, making him seem like a coup. Of course. And now the video has surfaced. TikTok completely shut down my page. I've been losing followers every single day. They took the video down. They took it so- down. That's really interesting to me because we're not on TikTok and I was contemplating just because so many people are over there and I see the red pills that I see the red pills that you can disperse over there, distribute over there. But I didn't realize the censorship was that strong on TikTok. Isn't there a lot of ties to the CCP with TikTok? Yeah, it's like a data collection. The communism guidelines, not community guidelines. Big difference. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's. They have came after me for even sharing my own family story. Anytime uh, you present something that is hard facts and hard for people to argue, they shut you down. They want you to say absolutely nothing and allow hatred, bullying, and violence in the comments because that is what sells. TikTok is completely sold out, and that's why I've been working yeah. harder and, here on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's always seemed like a pretty toxic platform to me tick toxic tick toxic that's a good one um you know it's interesting yeah it's interesting real quick we had an episode removed from youtube for cyberbullying. that was their excuse which made no sense made no sense because we know that exactly like you said they promote that they allow that type of stuff because i don't i don't know i guess it keeps a it's a lower vibe cyberbullying is okay as long as it it fits their agenda exactly and yeah to go off of that further, you know, I have two other accounts. So they shut down that account and I couldn't talk about reptilians or draconians anymore. So I got a reptilian full body puppet and I control him named Rico Reptilian. And he does all the draconian and he just obliterates them, hating, manipulating and perpetrating. And guess who's doing good on TikTok? Rico the Reptilian. Rico the Reptilian. He has t-shirts. He just dropped his first rap video. He's wearing a gold gold Cuban link. And he's he's awful. He's awful. And TikTok loves it. But I needed balance. I my Mm. newest character is Commander Imanaru. Commander Imanaru is a commander in the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Elena Danan actually created a Galactic Federation like jumpsuit, and I got it. And nice. I was talking to her. And Imanaru in Palladian means uh, the light from the source. So it's an awesome name. It's powerful. And I'm doing all positive comment. I just started. I have eight videos. You know, each video has a thousand views. But it's not being promoted like the hateful draconian and strictly positive love, encouraging messages, heartfelt things. And TikTok's not promoting it the right. same way. Exactly. So I, I've proved it. I've proved well, it. Yeah. And we're getting we're we're getting hit hard right now with shadow banning censorship. It's almost hilarious sometimes. Yeah. Like it's like we might not. It's like they didn't delete our page, but we might as well not have one because nobody sees this stuff. Uh, but we know how it is. So we're trying to navigate around that. And guys, while we're talking about this, I always want to bring this up and I never do. 
Um, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Rumble. Everything that's been taken down off of off of YouTube is on Rumble. And there's probably some of our best episodes are over there just because there's a reason YouTube doesn't want them. Uh, yeah. So definitely go over there and check us out and um, and subscribe over there just in case, because you never know. We're hanging on by a thread here on YouTube. We don't know what's going to happen next. So uh, do that if you want to keep following us. Well, hopefully, once you hear my story, you won't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Blow right. that page up. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It, it, it is the Roswell of the East Coast. And my personal opinion, my family's case is much larger than Roswell. People weren't being abducted in Roswell, were they? You know? No. Well, you know, what's interesting about that, um, the 30s, 40s, and 50s, there was the ufo wrecks everywhere all over the globe actually mm -hmm. i know as early as 1938 there was one in europe that's pretty well documented that um actually uh, i think it was at the invitation of, i forgot what it was but i know hitler somehow got his eyes on that mm -hmm. um through my research it's been a while since i looked into there was those. one that crashed outside of berlin yeah yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. then and then and then roswell there was one in aztec new mexico they're yep. basically new zealand, my, zealand. New Zealand in 41. We were talking about earlier. There's oh. one in Southern Missouri, our, our, our state, like an hour yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah. Like an hour and a half from here that um, hardly yeah. got any press, but it was well before Roswell. And the good the, cases don't. Yeah. And the, my theory is okay, why all of a sudden at that time period where these UFOs crashing all around the planet, it, 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 there had to be a higher purpose for it. It's almost like we were being gifted these craft for reverse engineering or just to i don't know heighten the awareness of the collective trojan horse right trojan mm -hmm. horse like i don't think they were accidental wrecks i just don't nope they were done on purpose yeah they were this trojan, the beings that were owned there only could live about 10 years they if, were artificially if that, designed if, if that, that i've heard trojan horse I've heard that some of them even like they could even have as short of a seven day lifespan. They call them PLFs, the program life form. Mm -hmm. And they can actually like be an organic being still, but they have a ex expiration date. Yeah, they have a shutdown. They can make them last however long they want, you know, seven hours, seven days, a month, three months, uh, basically to just serve their purpose. And just in case things don't go their way, it shuts down and no evidence left behind. Right. Kind of like what yep. they're doing with our president. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The real one was too dumb to manipulate. So they have the robots. <laughs> Along with CGI. So, you know, yeah. Whatever else. Clones, whatever. Clones. Um, but yeah, so I guess for the people who don't know your story, uh, I know it's a very long winded story. And um, that's why I referenced uh, your interview on Laura Eisenhower's channel, because you really go in depth in the whole thing there. And it's it's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's it's long winded, though. So if you want to shorten it at all, you can. But um, absolutely let, let people know the story, because it's it's fascinating. And for everyone listening out there, my YouTube page is Robert Earl White. I'm sure you guys will have it in the description. Make sure to check it out. I made a documentary, a three-part documentary, probably about 45 minutes total of information I found and the story, the actual articles and, you know, phone calls, the authorities, uh, really well done. A lot of stuff. It was the first video I ever made. 
but it's still doing wonderful because it don't matter the quality or your special effects. When you have a story and evidence to back it, it speaks for itself. It don't need to be fancy. Uh, so with that being said, to keep it brief, and believe me, there's a lot that's not in the documentary, and uh, some things are just best left unsaid. So this goes back a long time ago, and for everyone watching right now, hang in there because you are about to go on one heck of a ride here. So back in 1991, April 21st, around 10, 18 p.m., in southern New Jersey, in a small town called Lower Alloways Creek, right across the river from Delaware. So to give all your viewers an idea of the area, we lived not far at all, visible sight from a nuclear plant. And the water that came from the nuclear plant was the Lower Alloways Creek, which went directly behind our house. This bridge that you see here has the creek going underneath. The tree line you see in the back here, right beyond that was our house. And directly next door to our house, my aunt lived. So I had my aunt who had my cousin, her daughter there. And then my house, my mother, her two girlfriends were there watching the Phillies baseball game at the time. I was there upstairs in bed. And my elderly grandfather was also there, but he was in bed in his room where his bed was. He wouldn't have been able to see the incident. So 10, 18 p.m. It was April 21st. It was a cloudy, raining night. It was raining. Obtained from the reports, the cloud coverage was about 1,200 foot high. My aunt next door was getting ready for bed, and she went to the bathroom. And as she was about to sit on her toilet, she looked out her bathroom window, and she noticed an object that looks eerily just like this, an elongated triangular object with three blue lights and a weird white light coming from the center of it. It was hovering directly above this tree line here, maybe a telephone pole or two telephone poles above the tree line, just hovering there, completely silent. She was in awe and amazement, and she walked back into her room, this is 1991, picked up her landline, called my mother who was watching the Phillies baseball game with her two girlfriends. My mother hears the phone ringing. She walks to the back of the house, our kitchen, and picks up the landline. And my aunt says, Bethann, Bethann, look out the back window. There's something hovering above the tree line. My mom turns around because the back kitchen window was right there. And my mother looks and she sees this object just hovering there, completely still. No sound, no flashing lights, just as you see in this photograph here. So they're watching it, and my mom goes, oh, my God, what is that? What could that be? What is that? What is it? Her two girlfriends on the couch heard the commotion. They come running over. What is it? What is it? What is it? I start hearing the commotion. I was upstairs sleeping, but I hear all the commotion and people running. You know, I didn't know which direction they were going. But my bed was right underneath of the window, so I could look out there as well. And they were all watching this along with my aunt, all on the phone. And then all of a sudden, red and orange sparks started shooting out of this thing. Very strange and oh. still completely silent. 
And then what I'm about to describe happened all simultaneously, all at once. It, it was really, really quick. After the red and orange sparks, some sort of light ball, ball of light or something or another, hit it. And this all happened at once. And the core, the center part, it, you know, sucked itself into it. It was an explosion. The outsides of it, you know, scattered like a normal explosion of an aircraft, as you would expect, you know, trajectory of 150 yards to 300 yards is terrifying. We all jumped back a little bit. We thought we were going to get hit with debris. It was terrifying. But the center of it, this propulsion or whatever they have, it sucked itself into itself. And all this happened simultaneously. The ball of light, the sucked in and the outside skirts of it exploding. It happened all at once and it shot directly towards the ground. As you can see here, it's marsh. A lot of foxtails and, uh, you know, marshy, muddy uh, land. And then as you can see, the tree line, and there isn't much other than that. So after it exploded, they all took a big gasp, and my mother instantly called 911. My mother was smart enough not to report this as a UFO. In my mother's eyes, she didn't know what it was, but whatever it was must have had something living in it. And if there was something living in it, it's not alive anymore. You know, that was my mother's main concern. Before you go on, you said that it looked like something hit it, like it was being like something fired at it and like took a it ball, out. A, a ball of light instantly hit it and enveloped it. And the explosion happened after some sort of some sort of light, which after talking to Elena and so many others, she was she suggested that. You know, it was weaponry from, you know, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, mm -hmm. because, you know, we have a very good idea of who these beings are. I don't know if you can see, but I have them in there faintly. Uh, they're they're known as the tall whites, which we'll get to that. But they're um, they're not necessarily a uh, uh, amazing species that you want stalking, stalking you by any means. In, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting about. While I was listening to your interview with Laura, I was just doodling on a piece of paper and I drew a tall white and I didn't even know. I didn't even see the picture that you shared until after I drew my picture. And then you, you showed on the screen. And I'm like, or Elena showed or somebody showed it on the screen. And I'm like, holy shit, I literally just drew that. I'm going to hold no it way. up. I'm going to hold it up. While Let me I, see it. I drew this while um, I was just scribbling it while I was listening to the interview. So Spot on. Yeah, I, I didn't even, you know, I was just messing around, but I was literally shocked whenever I saw the picture. I was like, and it's not exactly the same, but it's like, that's yeah. a tall white. <laughs> and this is Elena's drawing here. That's Elena's drawing. Elena right. did not. And, um, you know, she heard my first part of my documentary and reached out. And that's how we got in contact that she was still in the process of writing her book. And she said, your mother's experiences are just like mine. and Long story short, she's my big sis. I'm her little bro. And we've been rocking with disclosure and, you know, kicking butt at it. And that's what we're doing. 
But um, yeah, this thing exploded and went down and my mom knew better than to say it was a UFO. She called 911. She reported. She said, quote unquote, some sort of aircraft just exploded behind our house. Please send help. Like, right. And that was it. My favorite part of the story is coming up next when the men in black showed up. <laughs> no, it's well, like they, they, you think the wreck yeah. would well, be the most exciting part, but the let's make sure the viewers stick around. So let's go over what was happening at the crash site. Uh, this story has multiple perspectives. I've had other witnesses that were involved come forward after sharing my documentary. And it's amazing. For a long time, I never quite knew what was going down at the crash site. Throughout the entire night, my mother and family never left our house. It was raining, uh, raining late at night, about 11 o'clock by the time authorities got there. One uh, Around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, my mom was on the phone with search and rescue helicopters. But we'll get to that, which was a waste of taxpayers' money. But anyway, hmm. uh, so let's go over what was happening at the crash site. So we lived out in the middle of nowhere. The firehouse was about, you know, 20, 15 minutes away. It was a Sunday night, 10, 18 p.m. A lot of the guys are probably at home drinking, having fun. They had to go to the firehouse, bring it all the way out to the outskirts where we were. As the fire trucks were approaching the scene, they saw gouges in the marsh and the fire truck sat real high. So they had a nice high view of the marsh. As they were approaching, they saw gouges freshly made in the marsh, and they were from that area. You know, they did a lot of fishing and crabbing off of this bridge, all right? And the fire chief is my cousin, by the way, should note this, all right? It's a small town. We all know everyone. So as they were approaching, they saw this, and then up ahead in the creek where this bridge is, they saw a Coast Guard cutter boat in the water. Coast Guard, huh? As they were approaching, then they noticed that there was a gentleman dressed in Coast Guard attire standing there armed, flagging the firefighters down. They also mentioned that there was no burn marks or fires anywhere. What could explode and not make fire? That's a whole nother conversation right there. It's the technology they're using. That's why it sucked itself. It's yeah. their fail safe. It's their fail safe. And uh, anywho, so no fire marks. And as they got closer, the Coast Guard gentleman flagged them down. And, you know, they kind of hung out the truck like, hey, do you need us? What's going on? You know, we, we obviously see stuff going on. And the Coast Guard said the situation is under control. And he ordered the firefighters to go back, you know, to go back to the house. They said it's under control and you can turn around and go back. That's exactly what they did. They went back to the firehouse, which was the local hangout. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. All of the kids and everyone, they were partying and hanging out at the local firehouse. Well, there was a bunch of girls hanging there, and the firefighters got back, and they were talking about the strange experience they just had. That was really strange. We got turned down, and we saw something happen there, and the marsh was all you know, tore up. The Coast Guard is there. Wonder what it could be. Well, these are country girls. These are back farming folk. Everyone is up everyone's business. So the girls came up with a great idea to take shifts and go spy to see what was going on. This is where it gets really interesting. The first girl, she goes. 
At that point in time, they had the road blocked off. And I also must mention, till this day, this bridge is shut down. This bridge and this road was shut down the night of the incident. In my documentary, you can see that it is closed. Even people that live in this town don't know that. This bridge was shut down. The road was shut down the night of the crash. But they still could get close enough to see what was happening from a distance. The first girl gets there. And at that time, the barrier sign was further up the road because there was driveway. So they put it up a little further. The girl, the first girl went down there and she saw a tree cutting removal service removing a couple trees from the area. And she saw, you know, the Coast Guard activity far in the distance. But the they're, main thing sh she reported was the tree cutting service. And they're, cutting local... down, they're cutting down trees in the middle of the night, basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's already. Yeah. yeah that's, but, that's not suspicious. All right. Yeah. It gets better. She gets back and she reports to the firefighters and the other girl that was going to go next. And they give it an hour, you know, they're talking about it and trying to make sense of it. And they're all confused, having no idea. Uh, this is a small religious town, UFOs and extraterrestrials. The only people that would talk about that would get sent to the loony bin. We're backwoods people. We survive on our loan. And our reputation is all we have in this backwoods, basically Alabama part of New Jersey with a nuclear plant. You know, we don't talk like that. That's not our character. We're straight shooters. We know how to survive, you know, so it wasn't that kind. And they were just baffled, really, really curious. So the second girl, she goes ahead and she goes to the crash site. And once again, the road barrier, road close is there. And she goes. And at that point, she went. It was about an hour afterwards, about an hour to 45 minutes after the first girl went. At that point in time, she saw a plain flatbed truck with flashing lights, and it had uh, some sort of object on the back. She couldn't see it because they had black tarps all over it. Also, going back to the firefighters, when the firefighters were pulling up, they saw the gouges in the marsh. Up ahead, closer to the Coast Guard cutter boat, the Gloucester County Coast Guard. I even know the specific Coast Guard that was there. Gloucester County Coast Guard, they had black tarps laid out over the marsh. The firefighter Calvin Hill reported that as well once he got back to the firehouse. So with that being said, she gets there and she sees this flatbed truck with uh, tarped black materials on the back. It was a black tarp, nothing to see. You know what I mean? And she goes back and she reports what she's seen. And that's all the information I have from the scene. I have nothing else. My family did not leave the house. What happened at our house is probably your favorite part. Right. So yeah, it was. Now, with that being said, according to when they had the flatbed loaded up, I was able to estimate how quick did they clear the site. My estimates from all the witnesses, timing of when firefighters, firefighters got there 40 minutes after, which suggests that the Coast Guard was the first on the scene. I believe that Dover Air Force Base that controls the airspace near the nuclear plant picked up on this thing on radar. My aunt witnessed this thing sitting there. The whole experience between my family only lasted five to six minutes. But no one knows how long that object was sitting behind my house. And 
on top of this, I found an article from five years before my family's case of the Dover Air Force Base, Gloucester County Coast Guard, and the fire chief all talking to each other after reports of blue flying lights in the area. They already had a contingency plan and a coordination to work with one another. And I have the articles from five years prior proving it. You know, and if I was making this up and the characters involved, how could I find an article going over it exactly from five years before? You know, uh, this wasn't their first rodeo. They had a plan. And from my calculations, it took them about two hours to completely clear the site. I believe the flatbed truck took the materials to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. That would be my guess. Many people would say, but you live in New Jersey. It would go to Fort Dix and McGuire Air Force Base. No, Dover Air Force Base in Delaware and the Gloucester County and Delaware Bay Authority, they control the waterways near the nuclear plant. That is Dover Air Force Base jurisdiction. If anything was to happen at the nuclear plant, they know about it. It's their job, not McGuire, not Fort Dix. Although I have articles they were called about the incident and I have all this documented and I go over it. I've posted the articles. That's all in my documentary. So do you have any questions before I start going over what was happening at our house? Um, yeah, did, and you might, this might come later in the story, but did any of this um, make the news like the main, the, the mainstream news? Oh yeah. Mainstream news. I'll get into it. Oh, okay. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But uh, there was a lot. Uh, Mutual UFO Network, MUFON was there. Bud Hopkins, Richard Butler, even talks about of John Mack. The local newspapers, the show Sightings and Unsolved Mysteries also came out and did a hypnosis regression therapy with my mother, but that never aired. I wonder why. Yeah, I mean, I wonder <laughs> why. I'm, all that alone. I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you why. I mean, if, if there's too much truth, all that yeah. alone just proves that something happened. It's not about convincing somebody anymore. It's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I never heard of it. Talk about it for 30 years. My family didn't have the evidence. We didn't have the evidence. We had no evidence. It took 30 years, about a year and a half ago in June, the same week they released the UAP footage. I finally found six pages of remarkable articles that had everything else. They had the news transcripts, the military-based phone calls. They had everything you could imagine, possibly imagine about the case. And then that was enough to share the story. And after I put it out, people that were involved started telling their side of the story. And then I had this whole puzzle, and it's literally a real, real Roswell. It's absolutely insane how many country bumpkin people that were involved, but due to their ideologies and the way they think, they just suppressed it. And it was an odd happening and no one was smart enough to question anything or couldn't comprehend it. And it was easier just to forget about it, to be yeah. fair. That seems yeah, to, to be, be the fair. case. That's that's the case today still. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's still happening. And I think there's a lot. I think that has a lot to do with some sort of mind control um, programming. Like I've heard that there's devices in big cities that actually cause people to forget things like it puts a mm -hmm. frequency um, and we all have a short attention span. Humans only remember things for up to like 14 to 17 days, you know, before it's not um prevalent anymore so 
They know that. Absolutely. They, they know how we operate. And uh, that's the same reason why music is tuned to 440 hertz instead of 432, the natural earth thing, is to aggravate you, grab your attention, and get the music stuck in your head. Mm -hmm. uh, they do this stuff all the time in commercials. But yeah, it's a broad, broader version of that. So what was going on at my house? So after my mom hung up the phone in 911 to report this UFO crashing. Ten minutes afterwards, the police came. They got there quick, surprisingly. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. Our family in the next town over took 20 minutes to get to. So we were shocked that they got there so quick. They took a very brief five to ten minute, what did you see, where, what, when, and they were going to my aunts to get the same brief statement, and they really wanted to get to the scene. They weren't wasting time. They really wanted to get out there. Unfortunately, I don't have any information. I do have the firefighters' point of view. I do not have the police point of view. I do have the official statements of the police, but this is a cover-up, and they're not going to lose their job and be called a whack job for UFOs. But I do have the police saying some really interesting things about my mom and my aunt. Also, they knew who we were. We all knew each other. You know, so no one was questioning my aunt or my family's, you know, we were notable people in the area and our family were the ones that were running the town. We came from a very old muskrat family. We're known as crickers. We uh, eat muskrat and go muskrat hunting. My family was like monopoly on it. We're backwoods people. <laughs> uh, so like just to kind of give your viewers an understanding. So the police go, they leave. 25 minutes later, two black cars, they looked like Lincoln Town cars. I, whether they were Lincoln or Fords, I don't know. I was four years old. And a lot of this is from, you know, my family talking about it my whole life. I was brought up with this story. And I was there. I remember bits and pieces, but I was four years old. So Lincoln, Ford, I don't know. Two black cars pull into our driveway. 25 minutes later, you heard me just say, that my family in the next town over takes 20 minutes to get to. How did these guys get here in 25 minutes? But just keep that in mind. So they pull up and my mom and her friends, they don't think it's strange. We just witnessed an aircraft explode behind our house. Government officials are going to come investigate. Of course, you know, we didn't think anything weird. And the first gentleman walking up followed with two gentlemen behind him. The first gentleman was dressed in clear Air Force attire, completely normal looking, what you would expect of someone that's in the military or the Air Force, clear insignia, completely makes sense. We just had an aircraft crash. Here's a guy in the Air Force. Nothing to worry about. They probably just want to know what happened. Behind him were two men in black suits and black hats, no sunglasses. It was nighttime. It was raining. Just about, you know, at that point, it would have been around 1040 p.m. at night. They come knocking on door. My mother lets them in and she says, come on in. And her two girlfriends were already near the couch, but they were standing up because they said, who's this pulling it? You know, everyone's nosy. Everyone's so <laughs> nosy. We're, we have nothing better to do. So uh, the two girls, you know, they're standing near our couch and we had a coffee table and my mom says, come in. And the two men in black, because that's exactly what they are. 
And the gentleman in the Air Force, they came in the living room. And for all the viewers out there, a lot of people tell me, oh, you're just ripping off the movie Men in Black. This was 1991. People got to check themselves before they wreck themselves. Like this <laughs> yeah. was long before Will Smith. Will Smith was still and probably like a teenager at the time. All right. So with that being said, uh, they come into the living room and they tell my mother and her two friends to go ahead and have a seat on the couch. And the gentleman in the Air Force stood off to the side and the two men in black stood in front of them and they pulled out a notepad and a pencil. And I must note the way they were holding the pencil was very strange. Like uh, they were just holding it in a way that you want to expect anyone to hold a pencil. It was so weird, almost like they don't know how to use a pencil, but they were holding it. Mm. It was just weird. It didn't make sense. They, they looked human. I know a lot of people are going to ask this. They they looked human. And when it comes to government and military, they're always clean shaving. So, uh, you know, not a lot of facial hair is common. So other than them being in black suits and black, you know, kind of brimmed hat, I don't even know the exact hat, like a fedora hat, brimmed hat, don't even know the exact kind, how they explain it. Mm. But other than that, you know, they looked very human. But they were weird. They were really, really, really weird. And you get really uneasy around them, you know? So they pull out this and keep in mind, my mother and her two girlfriends, they felt they were going to be asking about the crash. The first question, the one men in black with the men in black, there's two of them. First question that he asked, can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials? And he took the notepad and the pencil and he put it down in front of the girls. When he did this, my mom's two girlfriends started cracking up. They lost it. They didn't see it coming. They thought it was hogwash. They were, you know, really religious. A lot of Christians, a big Christian church area. Um, they just thought it was absolutely like they didn't understand. They didn't get it. They thought it was hilarious. They're like, you know, what the hell? What, what's going on? You know, this don't make sense. Why are you asking us this? Don't you want to know what we saw? And so they're cracking up. And it was getting later at that point. By this point, it's almost 11 o'clock at night, 11 p.m. And it's raining. And the night before, they were all out having a good time, partying, stayed up till about 4.30 in the morning, which that's all documented. <laughs> My mom partying and stuff as well. But, uh, you know, they were tired. And the two men in black said, well, if you ladies want to go ahead and get out here, you can. They grabbed their purses and they went home. During that time, as they were getting ready and grabbing their purses and getting ready, my mom started drawing. And my mom ended up drawing three different kinds of extraterrestrials. It took her a while. My mother had really bad handwriting, really sloppy. She was originally a left-handed person, but they forced her to use her right. So it wasn't Picasso, and it definitely didn't look like Elena's drawings. But she drew three different kinds of extraterrestrials. And by the time she got this done, her girlfriends were already gone. And she finishes them. And one was, you know, your typical gray extraterrestrial. And then your Nordics. And one she called the blues. Uh, she described them as gray extraterrestrials with like blue electricity coming off of their skin. My mom had names for all these beings. For example, the Killy Toe Court from Vela. She called them the tall whites. 
the Octorians. All right. Mm -hmm. She called them the blues. Ironically, the Greys, she called Zetas. And my family was never into UFOs or anything like that. We weren't those kind of people. And, you know, my mom referred to them as Zetas. Ironically, she knew that one and where they came from, but she had a cute childlike name for all these beings. And I mean, keep in mind, she was telling me about these things. So, you know, I'm sure she dubbed it down for me so I could understand being at such a young age. So with that being said, my mother drew these three different kinds of extraterrestrials. And then what happened next was the first time my mom like really you know, realize that this phenomenon is real and that she actually has something to do with it. The gentleman that was in the Air Force was trained in hypnosis regression therapy. The Air Force and the military, they use this for soldiers that are in combat situations and they can't remember and they need to gain intel. They extracted this intel and the gentleman in the Air Force did a brief regression hypnosis i don't like to call it hypnosis it's it's really more of a regression therapy uh, that's the appropriate term you know it, it wasn't like a watch like oh you're getting sleepy it was that's more like hollywood that. like yeah that's more yeah. Hollywood anyway. yeah it, it it wasn't like that at all it was really straightforward they uh they went up out the living room we had a smaller room they took her to a smaller room more quiet not as many windows you know tv all that and uh, while he was doing this, the two men in black just stand kind of in the corner. And unfortunately, my mother revealed a lot, you know, and for the first time in my mother's life, on top of having a traumatic experience of seeing something that looked like this explode behind your house, it's traumatizing, whether it's extraterrestrial, man-made or whatever. It's absolutely terrifying to see something that large explode behind your house. It was wild absolutely mm -hmm. insane and very very scary i had a lot of nightmares in the following months after but with that being said you know they did this regression and my mother for the first time relived you know her abduction phenomena and this wasn't something that was just happening as of lately or started when she was nine years old it went back to when she was a baby they only started doing uh, the experiments and stuff on her once she turned nine years old and she had her menstrual cycle. That's when they started harvesting and extracting her eggs and embryos to create whatever they were working on, whatever science projects they were trying to create. Right. And um, that went on. And just to keep in mind, like all of that was happening on top of a UFO crash, her reliving this. Prior to that, my mom would wake up with scars and have strange dreams. My grandmother's very old fashioned. She would tell you just scratched yourself. You're just having nightmares. You know, they downplayed everything. But there's real reasons of my mom's dreams and these markings that she had. And her grandmother had the same markings in the same place as well, which the mutual UFO network, which I'll get to later. They actually uncovered that one for me. That was something I didn't have to put together. So what did so, they do? What did they do after the information came out of her during the session? Uh, well, uh, MUFON was a separate thing. We're, this is still the Men in Black in the Air Force. So yeah, that's after I mean. that, yeah, after the brief, it was about five minutes long. This brief regression. They said okay, and they walked back down to the living room. 
And my mom sat back down on the couch and men in black said, do you have any questions? It's so weird up to this point, And I've told this story a lot, but every time I tell it, I hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. And then I have new questions. Not once did they ever ask about anything of what they saw. It's wow. so freaking weird. It's like, I've told this story so many times and it's, it just kind of hit me right now. It's like, so far, they did this regression. They asked them to draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials. They haven't asked one question about what my mom saw and what happened, which wow. it's just kind of hit me now. Well, it's but almost like they knew what they happened. Knew they already knew what, what happened. They wanted to know if she was picking up on the beans inside. Or they want to know what she knew. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the men in black asked my mom, do you have any questions? My mom said, yeah, <laughs> I do. Now, my mom was 22 years old, 22 years old, single mother, no dad in the picture. So keep in mind who these men are about to intimidate down the road. All right. That's important to say. My aunt next door, she was 38 years old and a single mother. You know, so these are the people, these scumbags are going around bullying. But before they bully, they did answer my mother's questions, and I would say that they answered them wholeheartedly. And the men in black, if you have heard anything about the men in black, they're very straight to the point. They don't mess around, and they don't say anything more than they need to. If you don't ask the right question, you're going to not get the right answer you're looking for. And they're really, really vague with things. So with all that being said, so much. Now, my mom's 22-year-old single mother, I was her life. She's worried and, you know, wants to protect me. And that's the main point of all this. And my mom's three questions all pertain to protecting one's child. The first question my mother asked the men in black, are these things dangerous? The men in black replied, if they were dangerous, do you think we would still be here? My mom said, okay, I understand. Like, that's a big one. And this is how they answer stuff. Like, they can answer anything in one sentence. They are so vague and blunt. And then when you stop and you think about it, you go, well, yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. You know? Mm -hmm. And my mother had a second question. This is a good question. And keep in mind, this is 1991. And this one <laughs> makes it so special. My mom's second question was, why don't people know about these things? These are very simpleton, backwood, you know, country folk. My mom had a high school degree and that was it. She got pregnant with, she had me at 18, you know, she had me very young. So my mom said, why don't people know about these things? Men in Black replied, we're doing everything we can by preconditioning. And within the next 10 years, you will see signs of extraterrestrials and UFOs in all sorts of movies, medias, and music, you know, paraphrasing everything else you can imagine. I think they said media outlets. That's the word they used, media outlets. It was a different time. We didn't have podcasts and all this cool stuff yeah. we got now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube. No, they didn't say that. Yeah. They said, you know, newspapers, local media, uh, UFO investigators, you know, all that. So predicted uh, the movie Men in Black. Think about it. 
that that's why when that movie came out and when my mom and I, we watched it, we were cracking up because literally the men in black told us that they would be doing that kind of stuff back in 1991. Also, 10 years from 1991 is 2001. When I always heard this story, I assumed that real disclosure would be 2001. We can't say here on TikTok, but we all know what happened in 2001. The big distraction in New York City. Leave it at that. Play it safe, boys. Don't lose your channel. Right. So now the new disclosure that just happened. We got another big distraction. You see what's going on, boys. Every time they come close to letting everyone know, there has to be this big distraction. And I heard this from the scumbags that are planning it all, the men in black. They told us, you know, and it, they were right. And yeah, it's fair more playbook. prevalent. That's, it's that's more prevalent. Look at everything with UFOs and aliens today. It's on like mainstream news, which is all fake and baloney anyway. It's mind blowing. And yeah. even they are talking about it and nothing they say is real. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, exactly. it's absolutely mind blowing, you know, and the men in black told us this in 1991. And they probably figured these are just stupid farming folk. They don't know no better. Oh, they didn't they didn't plan on that four-year-old little red-headed bastard that was upstairs. They didn't know the hell I was gonna bring them once I got older. They didn't they didn't yeah. bank on me. And boy, I'm coming after them and I want them to know. I'm I'm very aware of them and I'm not afraid of them. They could threaten my mother and all this, which I'm about to get to, but you know. I'm not standing for it. And they can come visit my house anytime. I would love to have a long conversation with them and try out one of my new toys. So with that being <laughs> said, the, the third question my mother asked, and this is a good one. Once again, a mother protecting, all right? Mother protecting. My mother asked, because she just relived, you know, this experience of her being abducted and her regression. She said, when these beings are taking me, what would happen if something happened to my child or my elderly grandfather and these beings have me off somewhere and I'm not here to help them? And the men in black replied, and this is the only time they admitted to extraterrestrials. Yeah, they asked my mom and her friends to draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials, but they didn't admit to anything. This is where it all comes together. They said they use small grays that stay behind. And if anything would happen to your baby or your grandfather, they would have you back. And the men in black took their hand, went like this, and snapped really weird, dude. Like, you know, like what I was saying about the pencil, their snap was so arrogant. I've never seen anyone so arrogant with a snap. It was like those little cyborgs were so happy that they learned how to do something so human being like <laughs> snapping your finger. You know, when we do it, go ahead, snap your fingers like when you're using it. It happened like that. Yeah. See how you have that like little flick? Yeah. They weren't like that. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> who does that? Who yeah. does that? They are so they're not human. Well, they're, they look human. I was just gonna say they're, they're not, not they they can't yeah. be, man. They're draconian cyborgs or something. Mm -hmm. They cannot be human. But 
you would never know that we thought they were human you know Until you interact with them weird. in that way then you with all the things you are describing you start you notice all and that at the time you don't you just mm -hmm. think of it being weird and it makes you uncomfortable that's why they're doing it yeah they're doing it on purpose it's their psyops they're highly telepathic so and as you mentioned you know you said earlier they were they already knew something happened there they yeah. were already en route. They weren't coming there to get information about the crash. They want to know why was this sitting behind our house? Obviously, they had some sort of connection to something in this area. And there our house was, you know. So they answered that third question. And my mom said, okay, I understand. They said, do you have any other questions? Believe it or not, my mom said no. My mom only asked three questions. She just wanted to know that I was going to be safe. Unfortunately, she gave all the ammunition to them that they needed to keep her silent. After my mom said, I don't have any more questions, they said, okay, good. Now tomorrow, many different UFO investigators, media outlets, newspapers, all of that's going to come out here, and you will report it as a helicopter crash. If you don't, we will take your son away. My mom said, wow. I understand. The men in black said, okay. They went out the door and we never saw them again. Never heard of them again. But I truly believe that the same two men in black, if you're familiar with uh, Bud Hopkins and mm -hmm. Richard Butler and the Linda Cortell case uh, in New York, where the woman was you know, levitating out of her apartment window and an ambassador saw it. Yeah, Bud Hopkins and Richard Butler, who worked on my case, was working on that case, but they were shut down by two men in black as well. I believe it's the same guys. And this is the same reason my mom's story, even though Unsolved Mysteries came out, the old TV show in the 90s called Sightings came out. They all did regression therapy. They were going to blur my mom's face because the things she was saying, her regressions for being a country woman with a high school education and the things she would describe about DNA and like, like the things that comes out of Elena's mouth. All right. Mm -hmm. Everything that comes out of Elena's mouth. Imagine, imagine that coming out of my mom's mouth in 1991. No. You know, it was mind blowing. And my aunt next door actually had to take. The following day, she had to take her phone off the hook because people were calling and my family wanted to remain anonymous. My mother was terrified she was going to lose me. And yet everyone still came. How did they find out about it? Who tipped them off? Well, let's take Let's go back in the conversation. The men in black said, OK, tomorrow, investigators, news reporters, UFO investigators, mm -hmm. who's who's tipping off all these groups? How do they know? It's the, it's exactly. the men in black. Mm -hmm. The men in black are hopping in front of it, and they are reaching all the media outlets to go there so they can spin their narrative. Yep. And my mom was on the Philadelphia KYW3 Channel News, a major news network, and she quote unquote, and I have it, quote unquote, said, I'm willing to put my life on it, that it was a helicopter, because the newscasters try to say, well, it could have been a meteorite. 
And then the police officer said it was raining the night of the incident. So meteors, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the police officer said meteors don't sit there and hover silently. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that's they, what the they knew helicopter said. was the only viable cover. Because but, it was hovering silently, yeah. but it was not a helicopter. Also, no. uh, the following day, everything they said uh, happened. Mutual UFO network, a lot of different people came out all over newspaper and they used anonymous names for my family to prevent them from any uh like mufon called it a ce4 case uh that's what they called it a ce4 and possible ufo crash and you know they don't want the backlash and in the articles they say you know they're trying to protect my mother's things they say a lot of things in those articles that actually aren't accurate and the things they lied about in those articles was to protect my mother's reputation. For example, they said the following night before she was out with her husband. My mom wasn't married. She was out partying with a bunch of random dudes. I'm just being honest. You know, they 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 were trying to protect my mother's, you know, everything. Yeah. So that happened the following day. And in later weeks, the mutual UFO network, they came out and they started doing regression therapies, which they recorded my mother's hypnosis, where she would describe and go through, you know, her abduction experience, the room being filled with light, being dematerialized, sucked through a wall, essentially, and coming to on a cold table and some sort of circular craft. And seeing tall white extraterrestrials uh which they were grays tall with very light skin though almost white but they looked very gray and eventually in years once her babies started to grow up she was you know she would see her children there as well my mother was in the hybrid program they since nine years old they would extract her eggs and embryos and manipulate them, place them back inside of her during an incubation period, and then at a later time, abduct my mother and remove the eggs and allow the uh, small fetus or embryo to continue growing in these tubes. And these uh, beings would grow really, really quick. They would be almost adults in a year. Um, That's how it happens. Are you familiar with Geraldine Orozco? No. We had her on the show a while back, but she is... um, it has the same experiences that your mother had and and she helps other women who are going through it. You should look into her because uh, it's, it's a lot of what you're saying is very similar to what she says. And I do have a question real quick before we go on. Were there ever any reportings or documentation of like beans being found in the craft or the wreckage or any report of that bodies? The, the official report was no wreckage was found uh, to go back. So remember, I told you they cleared the whole site in two hours. Around 1 to 2 a.m., four search and rescue helicopters, four search and rescue helicopters, one coming from Delaware with thermal imaging back in 1991. You know how much tax dollars that is hmm. to run four search helicopters. This is not like a joke. This stuff happened. And they couldn't find anything. The site was cleared. They came on the scene around one, two o'clock in the morning. My mom was on the phone from, you know, about one thirty to about four o'clock in the morning as they were combing and gritting the area looking for this crash debris. They weren't going to find anything because it was already cleared within two hours. 
by the time they got there, the site was clear. And ironically, the mutual UFO network investigator that came there in his report, he said he didn't see anything, but you can read the report. He went there 12 o'clock at night, midnight. There's no street lights, no nothing. And this is documented out of his mouth, went there and he said, I couldn't see any tire marks or markings. Also, he was in a car and you have foxtails and marshland. He wouldn't have seen anything. There's no street lights. It's absolute darkness, 12 o'clock in the middle of the night. And it was also raining that night. What UFO investigator goes to a crash site at 12 o'clock at midnight to look for evidence? Well, they don't. Or, yeah, or I do know some uh, field investigators and it might have been if they get if they get uh, uh, any sort of information about something like that and they're excited enough, they'll go check it out on their own. You know, there's no there's no they don't have a boss. I, I actually belong to MUFON uh, a few years ago and I went to the local meetup. But and what they described, a lot of field field investigators described like they actually get funded sometimes. And but every time they would show up somebody had already been there they would get tipped off about something but every time they showed up anywhere they were the second one like they were mm, being they were too late yeah they were told like they were like the too late cream of the crop mm. or they thought they would be the first one they thought speaking they... of speaking of mufon i'm good friends with george a filer which is the oh, east nice. coast director uh, he shared my family story and he's helped me a lot and gave me a lot of additional information. I just got back from a UAP conference and he was there and got to hang out with him and so many other amazing people. It was right. nice, a small crowd. Uh, we're all teaming up here in New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. And my case, along with his experiences, we had an extraterrestrial shot on the wire Fort Dix Air Force Base in 1977 well-documented, and I know things about that story the public does not know, and I can guarantee you it absolutely happened. It's an wow. absolutely authentic story. I've heard things from people that were on the planes, on the runway, that, you know, haven't came forward publicly because they're still involved with military. You know, that whole thing, it happened. Believe right. me on that. Just so, um, and George is great, and MUFON has helped me a lot, but even... The East Coast director, George, and many other people within MUFON that I work with, they're having a really hard time finding a lot of information. The audio recordings that MUFON recorded, the photographs, all of that, it's all gone. There mm. was three people that were involved. Two of them are dead, and the third one is alive, but no one can get a hold of him, not even the East Coast director. Wow. Wow. You know, an interesting fact about MUFON, it actually started in Missouri in 19, Is it really? in 1969. I didn't even know that. And it was originally Missouri UFO Network. Really? And it they changed it to Mutual when they started growing, branching out. But that makes where sense. At, where at in Missouri? Not I, St. Louis. I, I don't know exactly where. I just know it oh, started okay. in Missouri. Because Debbie Ziegelmeyer, the chief investigator here in St. Louis, she's told that story a few times. Oh, but, yeah. Um, it was originally Missouri UFO Network before they changed it to Mutual. I did not know that. That's awesome. I didn't That's even know that. <laughs> I'm from here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're from Missouri. I, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, I do a podcast with you. This is yeah. the first time hearing about it. I thought I, I thought I brought that you, up before. Maybe, maybe you did, and I just didn't. But I wasn't listening. yeah, I thought when I first heard that, I, I was kind of shocked too because, like, 
what was happening in Missouri in 1969 where they needed to start a, a UFO group, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know, but anyway. Or just a random thing that started yeah. up and it's just blew up. It's interesting, but they still have the local meetups here. Um, they shut down for about 19 months for COVID and they just started back up. Uh, but they're doing the local meetups and they're, the groups are a lot smaller now. Um, it was mostly older people and they really focus on the nuts and bolts side of things. They don't get into who's mm -hmm. in the craft and all that stuff. Cause it's kind of redundant and uh, you know, but it's still cool because you can go meet like-minded people. And that's the reason I would go. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to the grind of everything, all these, uh, the news came out, they did two separate viewings. Uh, everyone was kind of pitching this as a mysterious helicopter crash. That's even the way that MUFON pitched it. That was the, the news pitched it, mysterious helicopter. It's funny everyone was saying a helicopter, the same narrative that Men in Black told my mom to say. Mm -hmm. You know, why, mm -hmm. why couldn't they could have just blamed it on anything? Why was it this mysterious helicopter? And even when the police are saying helicopters don't sit there silently and they have flashing lights on them, no helicopter looks like this. Yeah, you know, I guess it's a, I guess it's a step up from weather balloon. Yeah, yeah, I figured that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. And yeah. if, if it wasn't a helicopter, it would have been swamp gas. <laughs> yeah, we are in the marsh. Too. Yeah, it is marshland. I'm oh, I'm surprised swamp. they didn't use that. You yeah. guys have swamps there. Yeah. Or yeah. the nuclear plant that was right down this stream. Right, the nuclear plant runs into this stream. Nuclear Maybe. energy is a crucial part of this phenomenon. I actually had someone, an ex-security guard that worked at this nuclear plant, come forward after hearing my story. He was a security guard there back in 1977. They were working. It was around 7.30 at night, and a UFO appeared over the cooling tower. For about 25 minutes, all the radiation alarms in the nuclear plant went off. All the guys, security guards, everyone, workers, everyone was freaking out. They thought that they had some sort of leak, uranium leak. I don't know, something going on. They knew something was wrong. And about after 25 minutes of everyone running around like a chicken without its head, all the alarms just silently went off. And then they all came together. And that's when they found out that there was something hovering above and the second it took off is when all the radiation alarms went off and if trust me it gets a lot crazier they say well that was weird they went back to their posts and just continue like a normal night they went home the following morning they come in they grab their gun they grab their badge they go to their station post 10 minutes after being at their post they are all called the entire security team all called to the front and there's a gentleman dressed nice not the men in black but just dressed nice and they're all like what's going on they're like we're not going to need you anymore we're letting you all go and a bunch of the guys they demanded they say hey what happened last night what happened last night and your viewers you guys you're going to want to hold on to your seats for this <laughs> amount of bs all right. This is probably the worst excuse I've ever heard. This was the official explanation. It was radioactive, toxic gas that floated over from China and just so happened to hover over our nuclear plant all the way over here on the East Coast in southern New Jersey. 
not setting off any other From nuclear China. plants radiation <laughs> alarm. Radioactive gas cloud from China rolled over and, and no set one, the radiation alarm. No, no one saw it on the way from China, apparently. Well, you know yeah. what my you know what my theory is on that? It's almost they want to test the masses to see how dumb they are. It's they almost like that. it's almost they like they're tro- it's almost yeah. like well, they're trolling them. Like yeah. like listen well, to what these idiots will let's believe. see how if they'll yeah. believe this. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. The guy that came forward, he knew better. He knew it was total BS. I I interviewed. Right. Him. He, he allowed me to do an interview. I took awesome. I actually have it on my playlist. If you go to my YouTube, you'll see it right after you know my crash documentary. You'll see it down there, and it's a mind blowing story. Like hear it out of his mouth. And uh, he's 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 pretty old now, but incredible, incredible story. I have documentation of all the activity. I have one document from 1874 and blue lights being described flying around in this area. It was in the Wilmington Tribune flying in this area, blue lights in uh, 1874. For all those clowns out there that like to say all the UFOs I see are drones, weather balloons, or what was flying around in 1874? That was that was nuclear gas from Russia. Yes! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 100 years before the Cold War. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Yes! Apparently, the Cold War was just a, a cover-up uh, because they were going after a Stargate that was owned by Saddam Hussein. I don't know if you've heard that story or not, but I, I would... The, the, I believe it. That, that's that's an act. You guys I've heard the same thing about the Iraq war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Iraq war was yeah. definitely about that. The, like, and even there's even uh, footage out there of Saddam Hussein actually mentioning a Stargate. And it's it's mm-hmm. all but scrubbed. From the, seen that. Yeah. It's a very short clip. But uh, the Cold War apparently was just a cover for them literally trying to close a Stargate. It was, and there was an actual war going on, but also there was, uh, you know, unacknowledged, a non-public space race going on as well. Yeah, you know, uh, that was a big part of it. You know, they certain people were working with certain things out there, and they were really right. amping up their technology. It almost, was definitely a distraction. Almost every public event is is a distraction or a cover story. It's never it's not what we're being told. Even the most recent thing in Afghanistan, like I I just I just know in my gut that oh, yeah. that was a cover up for something else that was going on there and it probably was ET related or space program related. Absolutely. And I lived in the Middle East and for two years and I watched real media, unfiltered media and Mm -hmm. American media is nothing but lies. You can't believe anything. I was over there during the time of ISIS. I had the refugees in my living room. I was feeding them, hearing stories that you would never hear on American media. I've lived with the people. I know the culture. Everything that comes out of American media's mouth is an absolute lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Absolutely. It, like Ed Spina said, he goes, because somebody said, well, what media should I watch? Yeah. And he said, that's like asking, what cigarette should I smoke to benefit my health? You know? Yeah. Like, none exactly. Of them. Yeah. None exactly. of them. <laughs> none all, of them. It's all lies. Stop paying for cable. All they do is show you commercials that are using frequencies and tones to make you want to consume and destroy the rest of this planet. Stop mm-hmm. paying for cable. 
go to streaming services, start watching your podcast, Journey to the Truth. Come to my channel, start watching our stuff and all the other great people, Lena Denam, Dr. Michael Sala, Laura Eisenhower. You know, Gaia app, even go download the Gaia Gaia's, app. Like, Gaia's got great stuff. Yeah. Gaia yeah just anything stuff. but cable. Yeah, you I are did. paying money yeah. to be brainwashed. Yeah. Right. I quit paying. Yeah. I canceled cable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was the best thing I ever did. I mean, I didn't watch it anyway, really. But yeah. And every once in a while, there was a few shows that I would like to tune into, but you can find them anywhere. Like, well, yeah. and, and now you don't need the brainwashing commercials with it. You right. can just stream it and it's actually enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> There's still, exactly. but, but that I still, I definitely think like Netflix in particular, like all they the, still control the big stream, the Netflix originals, you know, that's very satanic. They, they yeah. openly promote it, but there's no doubt in my mind that there's frequencies being pumped through Netflix. Uh, I mean, I still don't think they're, they're done with doing that. You know, it, it's a part of the art as someone, I make a lot of videos and I put a lot of things in my videos that people don't realize or pick up on. And, um, it's just a part of the art. It just depends on who's doing the art. Are you using tones and frequencies to make people feel good about themselves? Are you using tones and frequencies to make people aggravated and cause division? Mm -hmm. You know, and that just really comes to the director and, you know, the people behind the music and the editing. Uh, these are the guys that are doing it. And that just relies on the individual. And Netflix mm -hmm. works with a lot of real people. Like, you know, um, real people, like even Laura Eisenhower, you know, she was on the new UFO thing. Dr. Michael South, they work with yeah. real people, people we know. Right, right. So, yeah. I'm not it's not it's a it's not a blanket statement, like not everything on Netflix is nefarious. But at the root, I know I think that the Obamas have stock if they don't own Netflix. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's a deep state network. And then Amazon, of course, it's but Amazon. Amazon is the same way. But is. but peppered throughout there is some gold information. Absolutely. There's a lot of UFO and stuff in that realm now on, I mean, all over the place now. It's everywhere. So it's everywhere. It's great for like it's it's never been easier to red pill people on this stuff because it's everywhere, like you said. So and there's a lot of good like entry level stuff yeah. that they don't go too deep, but they but they get you thinking like, right. oh wait, this stuff's they, real. They cover they cover the basics. Cover the basics, get you on the path, and then you you can take it, you know, right on your own well, from there. So. E even like our our secret space conference promo I just made, we shared it out all over the place as far as I could, just because I know we're shadow banned, and it it, it reached some people that I didn't think it would reach, and got some negative mm -hmm. comments. This is all bullshit. There's no way. Blah blah. blah. This can't be true. These are these people are deceiving you. They're lying. Uh, there's no evidence, whatever they were just, yeah. and I was like, you know, even though that they're having that reaction, they heard, they just listened to all that information. So they're being seated with it, whether they believe it or not, now it's there. So when they hear it again and again, because they will, because it is real mm -hmm. and they're, they're going to start to have, they're just going to have to face the truth, face the reality that, okay, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. The subconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing with everything. You know, like I comments do not bother me. Like I'm a TikTok creator with four accounts. If comments and ignorance bothered me, there's no way I would be on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. you can't do this work without if that bothered you. Even YouTube, man. Is, like af after rough. years of being mocked, laughed at, and ridiculed, it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm. Now I'm the one doing the laughing. 
you, you see what's going on here. The tide's mm-hmm. changing, boys. Yeah. The yeah. tide's changing. And guess what? Most of my comments, if you read them, you go to Laura Eisenhower, you go to the documentary, go through the comments. You would be surprised. Times are changing. Yeah. People just, you know, need to feel something. They need to have their own experience and they need validated evidence. And mm-hmm. we're logical thinkers. This is how we are designed. Right. We need the evidence. I don't hold it against people that don't believe yeah. because if they're anything like me, you got to see it to believe it. Right. And that's why I believe in UFOs and extraterrestrials because I have seen both of them. Mm-hmm. So that's my reality, but the tide is changing and my reality used to be deemed crazy, but the new reality coming from Congress and the UIP task force is UFOs are real. And technically I have a leaked memo from um, uh, Dr. Maccabee, Bruce Maccabee, retired Navy physicist. He sent uh, about 15 page article to the UIP Congress hearing. Uh, that they were having, and it was read by Congress. It was sent to Washington, D.C., and they were supposed to, back in June 25th, they boosted it. It was supposed to be June 20th. They moved it to June 25th. Uh, They scooted it forward. Originally, I have inside people that know people, and the same people you see on the news talking about the subject, I got people that know. And the original terminology they were supposed to use and deliver this to the public word for word was NHI, non-human intelligence. That was going to be what was told to the public, quote unquote, what the Congress was supposed to tell the public is that some UAP are operated by NHI. This was their watered down terminology they are supposed to be using. And they're not. They left, they left it out. And Luis Elizondo and Jeremy Corbell, Tom, and so many others that read this memo sent to Congress. You know, I have it. I have the Word document. And I've shared it and no one cares about it. I've shared it on the internet mm-hmm. and no one cares about it. It's Dr. Nice. Bruce Maccabee. People don't know Dr. Bruce McAbee. The guy has eight millimeter films of UFOs that the Navy have recorded. I'm friends with his wife. Him and his wife haven't even watched it because they're preserving it for true disclosure. Then they'll release it very much kind of like the Mimit and all that. Like people have no idea the evidence that it's just being, you know, waiting for the right time. And all of this stuff is out there. And that's why the UAP community and ufologists were so disappointed with the report. Of course, we yeah. know they can't say everything. It was a big nothing burger, yeah. Yeah. Actually, they said more back in 67, or, or I believe it was 67, <laughs> during the Robertson we, panel. That's what we talked about. I said mm-hmm. they released this report as if there's no UFO history at all. Like, that Roswell never yeah. happened. None of these crashes. Like, they, they pretend we, like they, they're, and it's, none of that exists. And, you know, we live in a narcissistic world, and that's what narcissists do. They rewrite yeah. history. Gaslighting, they rewrite history to avoid accountability. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're trying to, they want people to forget mm-hmm. about the past. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. It's to forget the accountability. And that's why I tell people, stop waiting for the government to give you disclosure. You're never going to know the truth because if you did, we wouldn't have a government anymore. 
They're never going to tell you. <laughs> exactly. If exactly. you really knew what they have done, you would never vote another day in your life. Mm-hmm. You would stop paying taxes. Disclosure. You would stop. You would. Re- the police would stop we, obeying pe- their. You know, everyone would revolt. Would stop everyone would revolt. My, yeah. No one. My, would. my ancestors started a war over a two percent tax increase. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Look at us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right on. My my yeah. ancestors went to war because of three percent tax. Now look at us. That's all at, I got. This now day. look at the craziness that's yeah. going on. Right. People think this $250 is okay. $250 for a pair of beat headphones. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, oh, I, I think, unfortunately, I think we're going to another rough year ahead of us. Um, but I definitely, I definitely see a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we're, it's, yeah, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for a lot of people. I feel like we're going to get some good news, but it's going to be followed by something that's just going to take the wind out of our sails again. And they know that they, they're going to do that mm-hmm. to, they, they want to emotionally trigger us. So don't expect them to go down without a fight. Yeah. Basically that. And that's um, what's happening. That's and clearly... it's not even about disclosure of UFOs. Like there's other corruption that needs to be known and, and needs to the, be exposed first. All right. deep state. Right, but yeah, it's all tied together. Stuff. And, and I absolutely believe this with all my heart. There are more people that are open to the idea of extraterrestrials and UFOs than there isn't. They're outnumbered. Oh, yeah. Desperate. And this this year, 2022, regardless if people believe in these things or not, you're going to see them flying. Make no mistake about it. They're going to start making their there's certain beings out there that don't really care about the prime directive anymore especially after the watered down disclosure coming from our well, government. Some are giving up on hiding themselves. They're going to be coming out real, real soon. So what, what, was the, what was it the Desert Desert Accord Treaty that was signed in 1971? Um, it ended in August of this year. And, That's right, and that, that treaty apparently was, um, it, it basically said that UFOs, ETs, were not allowed to show themselves under this treaty. Well, that treaty is over, and I, you know who knows how. I mean, le- that's been happening well before, right? But who knows <laughs> how legitimate it is? But if technically, if if that agreement it had not been re-signed, that means it's like free, open range for these fair ETs, game. fair game to show. Well, well, there is the Galactic Federation of Worlds, and they have what is known as the Prime Directive. And right, they exactly. follow that to the T. They they really try not to do that stuff unless they are like stopping a catastrophe or helping saving someone. Unfortunately, our military complex has been in the works with the Orion Empire, Darkly, yeah. all this wild stuff. Draco. And, you know, yeah. And they've been doing this, but they're being cleared out. So mm-hmm. now, for the most part, the only trash in this world is mostly human. And we got to chuck them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now well, it's up we, to we us. Gotta, uh, it's right. up to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been preconditioned to wait for a savior. It's uh, humanity's worst mistake. You only can save yourself. Be the change you want to see. If you think we live in a negative world and you say everything's just so bad, it don't matter. Make your surroundings, make your reality good. Every time you see one, someone have a smile on your face. Every time you see someone that needs help, you help them. And when someone does something that gets you angry, 
just try to keep your mouth shut and understand where they're coming from, even if they are a complete idiot. You know, it's <laughs> understanding and acceptance. And we got to understand that people are different. But at the end of the day, no matter our differences, we all have something in common. We're all stuck in this low density, awful planet that I don't like it here. We're all in this together. And as long as we're all on this rock, we all got to come together because there's bigger fish to fry and there is much more to learn about ourselves, who we are and our cosmic position in the universe. Mic drop. That was, that Boom. was, that was beautiful. Thank that you. That was amazing. I'm so glad you said that. Then that's a perfect note to end it on uh, that. You seriously nailed it. I don't, I, mm -hmm. I agree with everything you just said and uh, you couldn't have said it any better. Thank you for that. Agreed. And thank yeah. you for coming on and doing this and sharing everything with us. It's an incredible story. Um, keep doing what you're doing. The world needs you. Uh, remind people one more time where they can find you, uh, your TikTok channel names, your YouTube channel name. Yes. On TikTok, just for now, I got Order of Light 777, which I can even give you guys my direct me link, which has all my accounts yeah. in it. I'll yeah. send it to you. So go into the description of this video. And you'll find a direct me link and you can find all of my TikToks. My YouTube is Robert Earl White, Order of Light, Order of Light. That's kind of my thing. It's my company. I needed a name. And my documentary has all the articles. If you go into the description, you can read the MUFON articles for yourself. And some of what's in the articles, I left three pages of evidence out of the documentary i didn't want to give everyone everything i you know i you know i'm still putting everything together i'm in the process of writing my book and you know i'm a good card player i know you hold your aces always save your aces hmm. and believe me when i say there's a lot of aces to this story and there's a lot more to it my mom was being abducted she was in contact with uh palladians nordics octorians blues grays even draconians that she called giant snakes and all sorts of other beings as well and um it was a serious phenomena and the last point i want to make you know i remember when i was about six seven years old and my mom was at a campfire and there was a new ufo movie or something like that that would have been like 1995 1994 at that point and someone was sitting around the fire and brought up a UFO movie or something. And my mom started to share her story. And these were her friends. And they all started laughing at her to the point where my mother started crying and she ran off. And at that young age, I learned that I should never talk about this. And I saw how bad it hurt my mom. And my mom didn't have anyone to talk to. There wasn't any sort of uh, disclosure movement, you know, groups weren't, that wasn't that kind of area. And unfortunately, my mother found out that when she drank alcohol, her abductions wouldn't happen as much. She was putting poison in her bloodstream and they couldn't use it for, you know, the experiments they were doing on her. And I want to encourage everyone out there that you don't need to resort to these things. And if you have had an experience this is the time to share. You will be on the right side of history and you are not alone. And there are so many others out there that have had some sort of experience. And I truly believe that we all have a piece of a puzzle. And when we all start to share our experiences, all those pieces create a bigger picture. We are not waiting for the disclosure. We are the disclosure. 
So speak. It's time. Don't be afraid. That's it. Right. You need to you need to get Beautiful. an actual microphone so you can start dropping it whenever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I no, you're I, right. I do it. I, I've always I've said it a thousand times. Everyone has a piece of the puzzle, even if you think they're a shill or somebody or you know, uh, controlled opposition. It doesn't matter who they are. Don't Some, ever throw the baby out the bathwater. Right. Water. Somebody yeah. has a piece of the puzzle, and you just you you collect those pieces and and do exactly what you just said. Absolutely. Right. And it's all valuable. It's all yeah. huge. And that's what I'm doing soon on my YouTube channel. I'm going to have my show called We Are the Disclosure. And I'm going to have episodes basically stealing all your videos. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of great guests and great people and some people that are absolute nobodies. No one knows them. No one. They've never shared their story. I'm going to give everyday normal people that no one would ever listen to because they don't have subscribers they don't have followers i'm going to give everyday normal people a chance to be on my platform and share their stories in hopes that they connect with someone else in the comments so they can have a little disclosure for themselves because i don't want anyone to go through what my mother you know went through my mother passed away a year and a half ago you know and sorry to hear two that. months Two months after my mother passed away, after her whole life, no one believing in her or me, two months after she passed, I found the articles and the proof. This is why I'm doing this. Don't wait until it's too late. I'm going to make sure that no one goes through what my mother went through. I am a man and I'm a loose cannon and I'm a guy that's on a path of revenge for the ones that made my family suffer. And that's it. We are the disclosure, light and love, and protect yourself. It's all about that good energy. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. We got those everywhere. Yeah, we um, do. Wow, man. Thank Moldavite. you so much. Moldavite. There's one there, yeah. There's one. Um, oh. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you so much, man. What's up? This has been awesome. This has really been awesome. This was a lot of fun. And uh, again, thank you for what you do. Guys, thank you for yeah, listening. Thank you. thank you for all your support. Uh, don't forget PayPal and Venmo shut us down. So we do have a new way to donate uh, the donor box, I believe. And that's in the description yeah. below. And uh, thank you guys all for that. And um, yeah, we're, yeah. we're targeted. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Spotify yeah. wiped us out, but we you can still find us on Apple podcast, Google play or Google podcast, YouTube, luckily rumble, um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, it's really hard to even build a following right now, you know, mm -hmm. especially covering this type of stuff. So um, we can use all the support we can we can get. So thank you guys for sticking around. And thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight, Robert. And yes. that yeah, being thank you so much. Man. That being said, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Have a great evening, everyone. And we will see you next week. Good night.